This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Maria Robbins, the author of I Am Magic, How to Create Your Best Life, and I Am Calm, How to Leave Your Worries Behind. Growing up in Aotearoa, New Zealand, land of the long white cloud, Maria Robbins knew from a very early age that she wanted to be a writer. Born in the Scottish heritage city of Dunedin, she wrote her first complex story at age six, which was pages of A4-lined sheets, complete with numerous little illustrations in the margins. That was the beginning of her love affair with writing and books. Blessed with a mother who would take the family to the local library every week, it was her favorite place as a child, where she could breathe in the wonderful old and new book smell and borrow as many books as she was able to carry. By 10 years old, she had a complex library system worked out between herself and her sister with all their books, complete with the catalog listings and borrow cards taped inside the back of each one in little handmade paper pockets. Her passion for words and writing continued throughout her schooling years and into her adult life, but somehow the day-to-day busyness of general life, family, and work commitments got in the way, and although she had started too many books to count as time went on, she had never got around to completing or publishing any of them. That was until the night of May 10, 2016, when a little book, Begging to be Shared, came into the world with an important message for humankind. This book compelled her to stop procrastinating and share it with the world, even though it took her another six months to get around to publishing it. Finally, her official author life had begun. I Am Magic, How to Create Your Best Life, is the first in a series of books written to help guide people to happier thoughts and a happier life. It was certainly written in an unusual manner. Maria awoke in the middle of the night during May 2016 with the words to this best-selling little rhyming book clearly in her head and got up to write them down, taking a note of the time and date, something she always does when she sits down to write. It wasn't until a month or so later that she became aware, after reading a subscriber email from Hay House, that the time she had started writing was actually the late renowned author and spiritual teacher Dr. Dwayne W. Dyer's time of birth. But months later, she also discovered that the date had also been Dr. Dyer's birthday. At that point, the handwritten pages had become buried under piles of paper on her desk, and she had to search for them to even check when she had written the pages, literally getting goosebumps when she realized the synchronicity. Coincidence or not? She asks you to be the judge of that, but it is her belief that the words written 
were meant to be shared to help spread a positive message of self-belief. In an age of information overwhelm, she writes short, easy-to-read books that anyone of any age can read quickly and understand. Her goal is to inspire as many people as possible to believe in the power of having a positive mindset and grateful attitude so that they can enjoy their most joyful and meaningful lives. Meet Maria at mariarobbins.com. Here is the interview with Maria Robbins. In your own words, who is Maria Robbins? Okay, Maria Robbins is just a normal person who wants to be the best person she can and help as many other people as she can to feel joyful and uplifted. Mm. Wonderful. I love that, being a purpose for life and a mission for all of us, actually. Sounds wonderful. So before we talk about some of the topics in your books, I Am Magic, How to Create Your Best Life, and also I Am Calm, How to Leave Your Worries Behind, I have a few warm-up questions, as I mentioned off-record. And for you, Maria, had to be this one. What is magic to you? Magic is everyday life. To me, I think people don't often realize how much magic is around. For example, I was thinking this morning, I thought you might ask this question, and I was thinking even something as simple as a rainbow. You know, a lot of us are walking along. We, we, you know, you see people and they're lost in their thoughts and they're worrying about things and marching along or thinking about exercise or thinking about work and right in front of them. It's a beautiful rainbow that they're not even noticing. So we have to look for the everyday magic. It's everywhere, and uh, some, sometimes we just forget to see it. That word, for some reason, also reminds me of miracles. Yes. We also don't see them because we are not paying attention enough. But they are everywhere. Miracles are happening. I mean, we are miracles. We are a miracle, each one of us, everything that's in here. It amazes me how... Incredible, this whole journey of being alive is. Well, I think every day there are little synchronicities and amazing little miracles that happen if you're open to receiving them. There's always something, for instance, just driving somewhere and you need to maybe get a park right outside the place you're going to and you just, you know, you do get one. You have something like that happen or, yeah, you, you know, you're looking for money for the meter and you suddenly find coin in your pocket you forgot you had that type of little things or somebody you know there's all sorts of small miracles that happen every day and bigger ones of course yeah yeah so what do you think what are the obstacles to magic and to miracles in life I think we have to be the way when we were children Mm, we have to have the faith of a child and the excitement and belief of just magic in life and you know the way you felt when you didn't know that Santa Claus wasn't real Mm, and it was so exciting and everything was exciting when we're when we're small and little you know it's just and and we don't 
overthink things. We just trust in what's going on. We just we're delighted with everything. We're living in the now. We're delighted. We we um we're trying to climb a tree. We don't think, oh my gosh, how are we going to get up that tree? We just go up the tree. True. <laughs> so true. So, so, so true. we have to embrace the inner child, and we all still have that inner child. I could talk about healing with the inner child as well, because I think a lot of us also need to heal the inner child. But uh, yeah, but in terms of magic, I think we just we need to be more childlike, not childish, just childlike, and enjoy the gorgeous little things that go on every day in life. When you say being like a child but not being childish, yes, what is the difference, Maria? Well, not being childish and petty and and silly about things, and you know. Me, 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 and um, yeah, jealous or or sort of worrying about what other people are doing or thinking. Just being childlike and being in the wonder of nature, even climbing a tree if you feel like climbing a tree, if you can manage to get up one. Um, getting out into nature, just enjoying things, just being more present, and yeah, sitting on a swing at a park if you feel like doing so. That type. Thing. I'm not saying necessarily for everybody, but you know, taking the pressure off of being the responsible adult all the time. And again, I don't mean to be irresponsible, but just allowing yourself to enjoy the little things. What do you think is the purpose of life, the human experience? I think the purpose of life is to learn about love to become love and I think that's what we're all on the planet to do all of us to be the best version of ourselves we can be and to to be love because love is the most healing thing of all in the world love heals everything and in this current climate we're in where there's so much going on in the world it's the loving acts and the compassion and the kindness that is really starting to grow and expand it's beautiful to see and amongst everything else that's going on yes i agree would you say that that's the greatest need at this time absolutely yeah we can you know it's that song remember that that old song i don't remember who who sang it but what the world needs now it's love sweet love Love makes people feel happy. Love is a beautiful thing. The more loving and kind and compassionate we can be to each other and to ourselves, and this goes to for animals, um, all living things, the planet, the better. I agree. That's a wonderful message to put out there all the time. And I don't get tired of asking the question and hearing the same answer. <laughs> we need to be reminded <laughs> of that all the time. So I have another question here that it relates to a word that you use on your second book, the I am calm. So that word calm, do you see a difference between being calm and being peaceful? No, I think calm and peaceful are very similar to me. I suppose calm calm indicates that you're anxious or you've been anxious, so you're keeping yourself calm. And peaceful is you are peaceful. But really they're one and the same thing because a calm sea, again, I come back to nature as a calm sea. A calm sea is peaceful. 
you know, invokes a peaceful feeling. So I think they're pretty similar. Yeah, they're connected, right? I have two questions that relate to being a female in a human body. What do you love most about being a woman? <laughs> I think having that maternal feeling that you have for babies, for animals, for people, you know, that nurturing, that loving, nurturing feeling that you have as a female, that you have as, as somebody that can grow a baby and give birth. That sounds so funny, doesn't it? Grow a baby, give birth. But I think it's that maternal in- instinct, that, that very deep connection, that loving feeling. That's that's what I'd say is the best thing. Right. And my other question is quite the opposite. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman from your perspective? I don't know. I don't find anything particularly challenging. I guess possibly some people in the workforce would find that, you know, there's a lot going on in the media here about uh, with the job losses that 90% of the women here have lost their jobs only 10% of the men, which I found just fascinating, but that's because the kinds of jobs that have been lost with the COVID thing have been the childcare workers and the the female-orientated jobs. I don't find anything particularly challenging about being a woman. I I think it's great to be either a woman or a man. We're all on a journey. And we're all here to embody and learn from from how we we are in this life. Mm, Yeah, that's a refreshing answer. Thank you. (laughs) And my next warm-up question is about freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you, Maria? What is to be free? I think freedom is to be free of worry and fear and to be free to express yourself, to believe in yourself enough to be who you are, to not try and put a mask on and uh, say, this is me, you know, uh, one day or a mask a different day, this is me in this situation. To actually reach the point where you can be yourself, that's freedom. And that's powerful. (laughs) And that's empowering, actually, is a better word. And I have two questions left. The next one, you mentioned earlier the greatest need of the world being love. And I'll ask you a more specific question. What is love to you? What does it mean to you? Love is compassion and kindness and caring and empathy and understanding and respect. All those things. It's probably more, if I had more time, I could come up with a few more, but joy, Mm. happiness, consideration, yeah. And that inspires me to ask you another question. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? I do, yes. I think that is very important. We have to, we all make mistakes in life. And if we go around beating ourselves up, if we really we know we've made a mistake and we want to work on it or we've, you know, maybe had bad habits in our lives and we want to change, we can always change. We can love ourselves. We can be compassionate uh, the same way we are to other people. I hope we are to other people. We can we can show the same compassion and kindness to ourselves. The same way we forgive others, we forgive ourselves. So we show ourselves unconditional love and, and kindness and respect. 
Yeah. We're all on a journey. We all make mistakes. We're all learning as we go. Do you believe that we can come to a point where we can say that, that we are there, we love ourselves unconditionally? Or do you think that unconditional love, self-love is actually a practice for life? I think it, you, you know, it's an ongoing process because what happens is we bounce in and out of everyday things happening. And, you know, we might be feeling really great for a week or feeling great about ourselves or great about how life's going. And then life throws a little curveball in, we react, something happens, you know, we're grumpy with our children or, or neighbor or something. And we start beating ourselves up and all of a sudden we're in a spiral again. And it's recognizing when that happens and bringing yourself back into alignment and saying, hey, now come on, let's not let this get out of control here. Yeah, bringing yourself back. So I think it's an ongoing discipline until you you become so aligned and so amazing and enlightened that <laughs> that you do it naturally as a matter of course. Mm. And the practice is no longer needed, right? The practice is no longer needed because you're staying in that space mm, yeah. all the time. Oh, yeah. If we can love ourselves unconditionally, then we can love others in life itself. Well, often, too, I think people love others, but they don't necessarily love themselves. Right. That happens a lot, actually. Yeah. It does. Yeah. We're beating ourselves up saying, oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, and I'm the next thing. Yeah. But... Uh, we just have to bring that, that love back to ourselves as well and remember to do that. Right. And I have one more warm-up question. This is the last one. What, where, and who is God to you, Maria? God is an all-encompassing. God is love. God is source. God is uh, universal love, I should say. Highest power. God is divine. A presence. Everyone has a different interpretation, but I would say love. Mm. I love that answer. <laughs> I have to use the same word, <laughs> love. That's wisdom to me. So let's talk about your work. And my first question is, how did you become a writer? I became a writer, well, really, I've always been a writer. It's so funny because, you know, ahead of this interview, I started to think, now, when did I start writing? And really, I started so young. Six, I wrote this really complex story. Seven, I wrote 14 pages, A4 pages, really complicated story. <laughs> and I've always, I've always been writing my whole life. But the way we always do, or, or many of us do, I let stuff get in the way. I let work get in the way, life get in the way, general things. And I never got around to actually publishing anything until the Little I Am Magic book popped in a few years ago. Yeah, I've always been a writer and always loved writing and knowing that that's my calling. But mm. it took that little book to, to make me do something about it. What was the inspiration and the intention of writing your book series, I Am Magic and I Am Calm? I really want to just have, what I was finding is that when I was trying to read things or, or you know, I'd see a podcast or see a book, I thought, gosh, that sounds really interesting. I then find it's three or 400 pages. And although I'm an avid reader, in recent years, I've just been so busy. And I think we all have, we've all got busier and busier. And I found I just didn't have the time to, to even be reading the books I wanted to be reading. Spiritual books as well, they can tend to be quite complicated. And uh, 
you know, you've really got to focus on them. And I think that's why a lot of people don't pick them up. I wanted to just write books that could help all ages and be very simple and easy to understand, as easy as possible, so that if, you, if you're time pressured, you could just read these little books and go, oh, hey, I get that. And then you can refer back to them, you know, and it doesn't take a lot of time and they're easy to remember and they're simple. I love that idea. We talked um, off record about simplicity, right? being simple and not trying to complicate things. I'm not sure how simple we can make life, and that's a question that I would ask you. What is to live a, a simple life from your perspective? Well, it is tricky because we have so much going on in the world at the moment in particular, and it feels very complicated and overwhelming, but I think the, the answer really is to go back to the most simple, basic things, which is what is happening. What's happening in the world now is making us aware of what really matters. And that is the simple things, you know, our health, our happiness, our family, our friends, just the, the simple little things that we perhaps if we've had the lockdown thing happening, we realise we were taking for granted, being able to get out and take a walk, being able to go to the beach or, you know, to a park, just all those things. Life really doesn't need to be as complicated as we make it. And there is a real sense of comfort coming back to the simple things, even people doing baking and cooking and those, those simple things are, are very comforting. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of the experiences, they involve the body, not just the mind, because most of the time we are in our heads, thinking too much and living from that space. So and this is one of the things that you talk about in your book, I Am Magic, that I wrote down here because it called my attention. You said, what we believe is what we get. It is mind over matter last you forget what we think we're going to get we get you know on the most basic of levels oh I always have bad luck oh bad things always happen to me you know I'm, I'm not lucky I'm just I'm so unlucky we're thinking that all the time so we're putting that energy out into the world and that's what we're bringing back because what happens is we we folk what we focus on we expand we make bigger so when we focus on negativity, we start looking for other negative things around us to add to that story that, that we're creating. And sure enough, we find more because the more you focus on, the more you find, the more you see. And yeah, I think we have to bring it back to focusing on the more positive things because we really, the more we focus on the positive, the more we bring the positive, the more we see the positive, the better it gets. I've found recently I just simply can't watch the news or get into the, the negativity of it anymore because it's bring, it just brings you down and it's no good. And then I can't start, you know, I, I find that it's harder to focus on the positive things. You make so much sense. I'm wondering why so many of us or so many people do that. Why do they focus on the negative? Well, I think we don't mean to do it. We just... We start, and, and it's very easy if you're not careful and you're not, again, it becomes a, you know, you've got to discipline yourself to always bring your mind back to the more positive. I'm a real overthinker, and if I get start focusing on negative things, it's easy to start 
you know, getting into a negative state. And it's a matter of going, whoops, here I'm going there. I need to, you know, I need to change the, the tune, you know, instead of like hearing a song that you you just don't like that song. So you would switch the station. You would change, you'd move to a different song. The same way with your thoughts. You just go, oh, I've got to catch that thought. I've got to get back to something positive and focus on the positive. That resonates too, because what you're saying is that it's easy to just keep doing the things that we usually do as a habit. So if we have this habit of getting attached to negativity, then it's easy to continue with that. And it's not as easy to break that pattern, right? That takes a lot of self-awareness. It does. And it and if things if we've got sort of things going on in our lives, it, it can be difficult. You know, you can say, well, I've got this happening and I've got that happening and how can I be positive? But it, again, it comes back to the simple things of looking for the little things. If you've got all these big things going on, look for the little things that bring you happiness and joy and focus on those. And they start increasing and make a point of, of looking around for the positive stuff. You say in your um, I Am Calm book, you mentioned gratitude. Oh, actually, you talked in, in the I Am Magic, too. So it's a very important practice to bring us back to the positive state of mind. Yes. Do you want to talk about gratitude for a moment? Yeah. Well, again, if we're, if we're getting caught in a negative mindset, we can stop ourselves and reset what we're thinking and start thinking, hey, Instead of thinking about that, what about what I'm grateful for? And there is always something to be grateful for. And when you start thinking about what you're grateful for, you set up a feeling inside that makes you feel happier. You focus on that instead. And it takes down the, you know, the anxious thoughts and the negative thoughts. You've got to switch your thoughts to something more positive. And, um, and gratitude is just the most brilliant thing because you, you start thinking about what you're grateful for and then you start feeling it. And feeling is very important because the feeling is the energy. And the feeling, because you can say to yourself or think to yourself all day long, I'm grateful, I'm this, I'm that. If you're not feeling it, it doesn't bring you as much comfort. You need to be stepping into the energy of the feeling of what you're grateful for. Mm. And, yeah. and that has to recenter and rebalance. Yeah. So it's not just repeating, uh, like there's, they call affirmations, that you keep repeating the same positive phrases. I don't I have not used them, so I don't know how effective they are. But I like what you're saying, that it's not just repeating words, but feeling, embody whatever you're trying to express or manifest. Well, that's right. For instance, let's say you're, you're, you're wanting to, to give yourself an affirmation, um, I am happy. Let's just do I am happy. And you're going, I'm happy, I am happy, I'm happy, I'm, I'm feeling great, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy. And you're saying these affirmations all day long, but, in, but what you're really thinking in the back of your mind is, oh, I'm so stressed. Oh, I'm so worried about this. I'm, you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. And um, you know, it's your <laughs> your dominant thoughts will take over, and that's really what you're you're going to be feeling. So, if you're going to say to yourself, "I am happy," you've got to think about happy things, things mm. that do make. Oh, it's attaching the words to something that's real to us. 
real. Yeah. Right. And a lot of people would go, oh, but there's too much going on. I, that's just been, you know, that's far too simple. I can't do that. You know, that doesn't change anything. Actually, it does because it, if you can get back into that space, you're able to focus and concentrate more on what you need to do to sort anything else out. You know, if you can get back into, I am happy, I'm trying to think of another example. There's so many. I'm not getting on with my, my boss at work. I just, you know, and you start thinking of all the things that are going wrong and, you know, what you need to do is go, actually, I am getting on with my boss. Things are working out perfectly. It's all good. You know, I feel good. I'm grateful that I have a job or I'm grateful that I'm at home and can look after my children. I'm grateful. Just find something to be grateful for mm. and switch the energy of the worry. That sounds so empowering just by listening to you. <laughs> to give those examples, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so uplifting. <laughs> it is. So talk to me for a moment about the phrase you use in your book, I'm magic. You say, your thoughts are free. What do you mean by that? What I mean, and, and it's probably very relevant now, even though that book's a few years old, your thoughts are free. So you can choose it's up to you to choose your thoughts. So if you want to choose your negative thoughts, that's up to you, but they're free. They're your thoughts. You can choose what to think. And so if you want to choose positive thoughts, you can. I know which ones I'd rather choose. So it is basically choosing. So knowing that we have the, the choice. Yeah. We have so many thoughts, thousands of them, but we have the ability to choose. Well, we have over 50,000 thoughts a day. Can you believe that? Yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. But what, what most of us don't realize, and again, we all do it. I have to catch myself, you know, if things are sort of, if I'm having things happen, I have to catch myself and go, oh, what was I just thinking? What have I been thinking for the last sort of half an hour? You know, we're thinking all day long. We've got, and some of us are overthinkers. That's <laughs> true. So, you know, so we have, if you actually stop and go, what have I just been thinking? Or what am I thinking? What have I been thinking about? And you really think about what you've been thinking. It's quite amazing what you'll find. And you can switch that. You can go, oh, gosh, I've been telling myself negative self-speak all day. Or I've been, you know, I've been thinking about doom and gloom all day. I'm going to think some happy thoughts. And just catching yourself and bringing yourself back to a happy thought. If you can't find anything happy, again, just look for something small, like seeing a flower in bloom, something that it's, you know, I'm happy to see that. I love that, Maria, how you make everything so simple. You bring it down to a flower even, <laughs> being grateful and seeing beauty and being happy in the presence of nature. Mm. Why not, right? Well, exactly, and I, I don't want to to sound flippant as if there's not, you know, serious problems going on for people. Right, but right. the way through it is to focus back at, on the feeling of happiness and gratitude and love. And it and it shifts the energy. It, it shifts the energy and things start feeling better. You, you get back into a centred, aligned space and you feel calm and things start it's, things are easier to deal with. And I think that's really important with everything that's going on in the world right now. Yeah, I agree. So even by being able to be calm, that creates this space for happiness from what I see. 
enjoy or, or solutions for problems, right? For serious problems, issues. That's right. Well, you think if you're calm, you can cope. Yeah. If you're calm, you can cope with things because you're you're coming from an energy of an ability to think clearly, an ability to trust mm-hmm. that everything's okay. It's okay. We can get through this. I can get through this. We can get through this. Mm. Oh, that's another topic that I love talking about. It's trust. You just mentioned, and in your book, you say, great things will happen as long as I trust. The universe gives what I believe. That is so true. So talk to me for a moment about trust, your experience, trust in the universe, and how can we do the same? (laughs) Again, I think it comes back to having the faith of a child. Mm. You know, a child does not know how they're going to go up that tree, but they just climb the tree. The child, you know, believes in Santa Claus or, you know, the tooth fairy, and they just trust and believe in that. They don't, you know, it's only later on that we start second guessing and overthinking and we we get to information overwhelm. I think we just trust is a great thing, trusting that it will all work out and knowing Getting into that centered space where away from the monkey mind and away from all the negative talk and away from the information overload on on the news and the internet and going, no, I trust that everything is working out perfectly um, in my world and for the world. We're all part of the world. We're all connected anyway. I love this idea of trust. Absolutely love that. In your book, you mentioned um, divine plan, life's divine plan. You say, what you focus on, you expand. It really is part of life's divine plan. Divine plan, that sounds like destiny, that everything has been planned. So we, yeah, we don't have any control really over Uh, too many things. (laughs) No, well, that book... That book really wasn't my words. That just came in, that little book in the night. But I think what divine plan means, divine plan is for us to learn about love. Again, that comes back to love, you know, and that's what the divine plan is. Not And, and we have our choices, our free will and choices the whole way through. But ultimately, it's about all of us learning to love ourselves and each other, the planet. Again, I come back to all living things. You know, just to just to be centered in that love. That is the most healing, miraculous, wonderful thing of all. You're saying that the divine plan is basically the return to love for all of us. The return to love, yeah. Because well, ultimately, yeah, ultimately I think and a lot of us are working towards that, you know, and stepping into that. So true. And we have to, you know, again get past expecting bad things and start expecting good things. I think collectively right now, you know, the more we can, there's a little bit bit in the book about our thoughts being, you know, gosh, I can't quite remember it myself right at the moment, but it's about our thoughts joining together are are Mm, what makes strong, you know, like the, the geese as they join together as a group, they become stronger. And that's the same thing. We can work on ourselves, but the more of us who work on ourselves and the more of us who stay positive and stay in a centered, loving space, a compassionate, kind space, 
the more of us that join together, the stronger we become, better the world becomes. So it's uh, not just an individual, let's say, mission, but collective. And you're saying that it starts with us, each one of us. Each one of us. We, if we can work on ourselves, the more of us that can work on ourselves, and it spreads, you know. Think about a smile. You walk past somebody and they're looking very grumpy and down. You give them a smile and they can't help but smile back most of the time. They have to be very, very grumpy not to smile back. <laughs> it's True. contagious. It's contagious. You think about when you see someone, you know, you have a friend who's just a really bubbly, happy person and that person always makes you feel good. Yeah. So it's the same thing. The more we work on this ourselves and the, the, the happier and healthier and better we become, the more... That rubs off on the people around us, you know, and it spreads. We have, to, um, we have to spread the love around the planet and the happy around the planet. You talk about something specific that is loving others, wishing the best for others and thinking in a positive way about other people. Oh, totally, yeah. Because we're all, we're all connected. We're all going through our own things. Nobody knows what somebody else has gone through. And I think we, the more compassion and kindness and love we can show to other people, uh, to everyone, you know, I've said this before, um, to all things, to all living creatures, the more we can do that, the, the more people feel good. Everyone feels good and it spreads. I'm wondering how to do that when... Some people who have been causing a lot of pain clearly is trying to do the opposite of love. I think what we have to do in that instance is we take our attention off those people mm, right. and we bring our attention back to the love within ourselves and even bring it back, you know, just right back small to our, you know, family unit, our friends. We bring that love back. We don't give our attention to to that we just if we want to send them love and light but we don't get caught up in the negative stuff they're doing I know what you're saying but it's so easy and then that brings you down then you get knocked out of alignment with your own energy and then you're you're down in the the quicksand there and just something I've talked about one other time you know in a book that I actually didn't put it in in the end but I think so I think the key thing is to pay no attention the more you can you can come back to just being loving in yourself and with those around you and your, you know, even in your family, circle of family and friends, the more that spreads just bit by bit by bit and that goes out and who knows if the, the people doing the things don't suddenly go, oh, just feeling more loving. Also, we have to sometimes to break through, we have to break down, even within ourselves. You know, people may have, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example, like an addiction, let's say, let's say an addiction to something. And they have to get to the lowest point possible before they go, hey, I'm, I'm cleaning this up. I'm not happy with this. I'm, I'm becoming a better person. Anyone and everything can change. So if we can bring it back to keeping ourselves as good as we can be and as healthy as we can be and as loving and kind as we can be, that's the way through. That's a wonderful message, Maria. So to focus on positivity and love, if you can uh, really at this moment show love to somebody who is doing 
negative things <laughs> out there. So you focus your energy within all the people around you that are easier to love. Yeah, I like that technique. <laughs> Don't think badly of them, but just, you know, but remove your attention from it so that you don't get into that angry, negative, panicked state and come back to the what you can control around you. And when I say control, I mean in terms of feeling good and, and not feeling concerned and worried. And I think that is the way that then shifts things. Because you mentioned this idea of focusing on things that are positive and trying to shift so we can shift and we can love more and together we can make huge change collectively. I have to bring the point of TV. Do you watch television? Do you, or do you like the idea of having a TV in our house? Uh, I do watch television because... Sometimes I just think, oh, I like to have the, I live by myself, so I like to have the company of the television. Not all the time, but there. But I'm watching the news less and less. I'm watching what I need to to stay yeah. um, aware of what's happening, but I'm not giving it the attention that is, you know, I'm not going, oh, this is terrible. We're never, we're never going to get out of this. The world is doomed. Because I don't believe that. I believe we will start, we have to start, we have to believe that things are shifting for the better and say that I am loving that I am seeing such a better world. I'm loving how good the world is. I'm loving how things are changing so quickly for the better in this world. Just so wonderful to see all these great things happening. That one. Yeah. So TV is not really the issue if we can focus still on the positive. Yeah, the danger with TV is you just sit there and you mind numb yourself watching, right. you know, watching yeah. negative news or watching junk TV. But sometimes, sometimes there's a place for watching something where you can take your mind off everything. Yeah. You know, it's just not sitting in front of it all day long. Mm, right. Uh, right. Again, like everything, it comes back to balance. Yeah, so it's not trying to abstain or stay away, pushing away anything, but being aware of the things that we are giving attention to, right? And how much, right, of our attention. Yeah, how much attention. Again, catching ourselves. What am, you know, what am I watching? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Mm, yeah. Do I need to shift this? And one more point I have here about breathing. Talk to me for a moment about how breathing can help us to stay calm. Uh, right. Well, breathing, it's so easy, especially if you're an anxious overthinker. Keep my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> if you, yeah, breathing is very important to calm yourself down, to keep yourself centered. And what happens is when we're in the fight and flight response, when we're getting stressed and worried and anxious and focusing on the things we shouldn't be, we, we don't breathe properly. We don't breathe from deep down. We start breathing more shallowly. And that doesn't get enough oxygen to the brain. Then we can't think properly. You know, so I think it's important to every now and then just take some time out to do a few deep breaths. And I like to think, you know, I breathe in love, I breathe out fear. Or I breathe in love, 
I release fear. And then when you release it, you, know, so you take a nice big deep breath and you hold it. And you, when you release it, you just go. So you make that noise. That that helps me as well. And sometimes if you like to sort of push your hands down to the side as if you're, do you know what I mean by saying that? Yeah, yeah. And you just go. Because what happens as well is we start holding our breath. You know, if you've ever been sitting there and you've been worried about something and you suddenly go, you realise you've been holding your breath. <laughs> so, again, it's being conscious not only of our thoughts but of our breathing and just and it helps children as well to just remember to, to breathe. Yeah, that's funny. We do forget to breathe. You're right. We do. That is amazing. That's the simplest thing we can engage in. Yes. If you think about simple things, it's like it's the foundation of life, right? That's right. Again, it comes back to the simple stuff. So true, Maria. So I have a few more questions, but before I ask you these questions, would you like to add anything or read a passage from one of your books? Oh, I don't know that I've... I didn't even think of this. Let me have a look. What about just going back to our thoughts, right, and what we're thinking? So this is from I Am Magic. So if you can imagine a tap that's dripping, this is what this, this phrase was. Our thoughts are like a dripping tap. A few drops are okay and not much of that. But more than a few fill the sink to the top, and the next thing you know, you find you can't stop thinking about all the things that are wrong instead of the great things you've got going on. The sink overflows and turns into a pool. So think only good things. That is the rule. So that's just an example of, you know, if you think of your thoughts, one little thought doesn't do much. It's just like a tap dripping. But, you know, after a while, that tap dripping, drip, 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 it fills up. Next thing, you know, you've got a flood in the house. Same thing with your thoughts, with your mind. You know, those negative thoughts build up. So if you let the positive thoughts build up, the other ones can't can't get a look in. That's a very good analogy, yeah. So the idea is to stop or be aware of. I'm not sure if we can stop those negative thoughts from coming. There's no way to stop them, I don't think, unless you're, you know, you're, you're just, you'd have to be absolutely incredibly yeah. <laughs> amazing. Because we all do it, you know, and we're here to learn and we're here to just, the challenge is to just, you know, try and bring ourselves back to balance as much as we possibly can. So I think it's, it again, it's catching your thoughts before they get out of control, you know, and, and like I said, your thoughts are free. We can choose to think what we want. So we choose to think the positive ones because they make us feel better. Right. I love the way you say that. I never heard it that way. Thoughts are free. Right. That's refreshing. So I have a few more questions for you, and I'll be asking you three questions, final questions. How do you define success? What is to be successful to you, Maria, these days? Well, I would think success is to be happy and to have the people around me happy and success, the ultimate success would be to see this planet really healed and healthy and and well and everyone and everything on the planet and the planet itself vibrating with wellness and, and vibrance. 
It's not just about our own happiness, but everyone else's happiness too, and the planet, everything. That is success. Yeah. Over the years, I've come to more and more this this thing about it's not just me. It's not just, you know, my family and friends. It's everybody. I want to see everybody happy, don't you? You know, why would we wish anything bad on people? I want to see the whole world happy and and I want to see us all working together and harmony and and getting along and and I think what we're seeing in the world although it appears the opposite we're actually seeing the beginnings of that because these these negative things that are coming up uh, are clearing the way for you know for, for changes to happen true so true what a wonderful vision yeah for success where everyone is well Everyone and everything. Right? Everyone is happy. Everyone is well. Everyone is cared for. Everyone feels loved. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> That's a beautiful vision and a beautiful message Yeah, for all of us to be reflecting upon every day, all of us. I think somebody said that to me recently. Yeah, she said the same thing. I have been hearing this more often, that success has to do with everyone, not just me. Yeah. What a beautiful message. Because we're all connected and that's the truth, right? Yeah, and I think people struggle to get the we're all connected thing. But if mm. you think of it yeah. this way, maybe, and I, I sort of thought of this the other day. I went down, I needed just a little um, a little centering, and I went down to this little beach that's not far from me very small beach and I just sat there and looked at the water and and I suddenly thought gosh the water meets the land you know the water is connected to the sky it's all connected there is no separation and if you think of it like that so there is there are different trees and there are different you know the water spreads all around the world the water is right around the world in the sky and there's different clouds happening and so on but all of it is connected so all that land is connected to that tree to that tree to that tree so although that tree may be having that experience it's still connected to the land connected to the sea connected to the air well that's a good way of thinking it with us we are all connected yeah and separation might be part of the experience of being in a human body oh absolutely but i think we are living in our own we are coming to our own understanding and we are you know we're living in our own going through our own journey but ultimately, we're all connected in terms of we all need each other to get along, especially now. We need the planet for sure. Yeah. We're not without the planet. Yeah. And it's that connection in terms of looking out for each other and, and just making sure we're all right, you know, and realise that we're, we're all going through the same or similar things. Yeah. Especially right now, you know. So it's just being aware of that. So that's the main practice, yeah, awareness for sure. You have been saying about love, returning to love, going back to uh, manifesting love in the world in our own way, even if it is really simple, in a small, simple way. Yeah, even if it's just doing something kind for a stranger. Yeah. And it can be as simple as smiling, like Mm. I said just smiling at somebody that you maybe normally wouldn't smile at. But just, yeah, reaching out to others, just being, you know, as kind and compassionate. I think compassion is the key. 
as well. Just being aware that people are, are having their experiences and um, everyone's going through different things. We're, we're all having different experiences, but we're all connected ultimately to make this this place a better place, to make ourselves better, to, to just to, to bring that vibration of love so that that's the main vibration on the planet. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, leaving the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? Yeah, I probably wouldn't do my day-to-day -day work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd more time with family and friends. Um, no, I think... Yeah, I I think you yeah you would just appreciate again. It comes back to just appreciating what matters. If you know that you're you're about to go, you, it really again it comes down to the simple things. When people realise they're about to pass, they go, oh, what's important in my life? And the important things are really the simple things. Yeah, so true, so true. And my last question: What are three things about life you know for sure as of now? Life is wonderful life is challenging at time and life is to be enjoyed mm, yes true thank you so much for your genuine presence your wisdom and your love thank you maria you're welcome thank you so much yourself where can we find more information about you your books products services and future projects Uh, there is a website I have called iamjournals.com, so you can find the books there. It's a work in progress, but uh, now that I've done this interview with you, I'll have to get my act together and put some more information on it. It's got a few blog articles, which, again, are very short because I want people to be able to read things quickly and just have a little takeaway, you know, like just having a little mini reset and a little mini break throughout the day. So, yeah. And I'll have that listed on your podcast profile too. So thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Valeria. Nice Bye to for chat. now. Bye for Bye. now, Maria. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Maria Robbins and her work, please visit mariarobbins.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Mm -hmm.